It is episode number 20 of the Chris Rose Rotation, a production of John Boy Media. We have circled back to the beginning with Mets reliever Trevor May, who is joining us from some hotel room in St. Louis after arriving at the wee hours of the morning after a little Sunday night baseball. Let me see those eyes. You okay? Yes, I'm fine. Don't let my general look of dishevelment and fatigue fuel fool you. I am ready to go. I was always curious, when you play on the road Sunday night baseball and then you're traveling halfway across the country, what, like, what time do you get in? Uh, what do we get? I was probably asleep by 4.15. Oh. So we got in at probably 3.30. Um, and I had my weighted blanket in my in my ki- or my check bag, so I had to wait for them to bring it up. So, uh, yeah, today was today was okay. uh, sketchy. But to be honest, I slept really – when I was asleep, I slept really, really soundly. So that's good. Okay, good. So you travel with a weighted blanket. We got my 20-year-old a weighted blanket for the holiday season. We were like – because he's a shitty sleeper. I was like, I think this might help. You no, know, I take uh, I take sleep very, very seriously, and uh, yeah, I travel with a weighted blanket, my own pillow. I would dr- I bring my air air conditioned uh, mattress pad if I could. Uh, it's just that's just I'm 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 up to two carry ons or two like roller boards just for all this stuff. So <laughs> I'm not going to add a huge Pelican case like the trainers have to 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 carry all my stuff on the. I'm not there yet. Nelly Cruz is one of those, but I, I'm not there yet. Oh, man. Boy, do we have a lot to get to. Yes, uh, so do. no guests today, but boy, this is going to be a fun-filled hour. So let's start with the dramatics last night. You have a nice 8-4 to four lead. You came in. You got the one hitter you faced. Turned it over to Edwin Diaz. We thought everything was going to be just fine. Obviously, he was not healthy. Reese Hoskins, we thought, hit a game-tying home run from where you were sitting. Were you like, oh, shit, really? Yes, we were like, <laughs> that is not ideal. Um but fortunately, they have that dumb railing that they made the top of the wall. <laughs> I, I don't know what happens when it like a ball s- squeaks through like one of the gaps between the railings or something. Well, what do you think? It's like Michael happened. Strahan's teeth. Like, I yeah. don't think there's a full gap there where the it baseball is get through. Um, uh, there's got to be some like, you know what I mean? Like the segments, like a gap. I know baseball. We've seen crazy stuff. I know baseball can squeak through. It's going to happen someday, probably. Mm-hmm. But uh yeah, it, it was it was as it was hit so perfectly, like on the corner there. Um, it's pretty clear that it was off. Thank God it was off the, off the wall. But um, and I believe that would have been Reese's hundredth homer. Yes. So, it, in yeah. fact, they put it out. Dude, they put it out on social media. The Phillies did. Congratulations, Reese Hoskins on your one hundred homer. And then they had to quote tweeted and they said, "Oops, they have reversed the call." <laughs> one of the best tweets. I don't know why it got me laughing so hard, but uh, one of the best tweets I saw was it was from uh, I forgot what their their the NBC local news channel or channel that does their games. And are you kidding me, Reese Hoskins? And then the first comment was narrator. He was indeed kidding you. <laughs> <laughs> And I just, I, I read it like in the gold rush voice and it was pretty funny. Oh uh, God. So when you're sitting in the dugout and they reverse the call, are you guys just looking at each other like, or are you like, yes, what's the we're, reaction? We're like, all right, well, let's get, you know, you know, you got, you got, you know, uh, a guy who's in the running for the MVP coming up right. next. So uh, you still got to get that last out. And yeah. Fama came in and made some really good pitches um, sure did. and got the job done. So, okay. but yeah, you got to breathe it. You got to, you know, take, you got to take the, the boons where you can get them. You know what I mean? So sometimes you got just a tiny bit of luck to, to to eke it out, and a win is a win. Okay, but boy, what a weird series this was! What a weird it series! Was super entertaining. What did you make of the Jose Alvarado thing from a distance? Uh, well, frankly, to to be honest, um, 
when so it was based on a prior uh mm-hmm. uh, uh kind of chirping at him from 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 hitting a guy um you know and that that happens it's scary getting up there and and to be honest it's kind of par for the course guys chirping at you like i get every once in a while i you know i'm i've been known to sail one of the backstop every once in a while too and sometimes it's close to a guy and i get chirped at and i'm like yeah you know what i kind of you know my bad like i'm not trying to hit anybody in the head right um but when that happened i didn't know like i i didn't i didn't act because i was so we're way out there especially in in, in city field like our bull, we can't see anything like we have no idea what's happening it's like being in a garage so uh, uh we don't even have a we don't have a tv either so like i didn't know um and then so we we're like man he's like he's something happened before it had to have there this isn't out of nowhere so uh, we we're just asking each other i was like oh well and then dom even said dom's like i was like, yeah I chirped i didn't know that he was like mad at me i thought he was just like kind of like shut up old whole dugout because everyone kind of just like said something and so uh um so it was there was a little bit of confusion at the beginning I, I didn't know exactly what it was about so but you know that's that's happened to me a lot in my career i'm always way out in center field or something and it's like what happened who, who are we mad <laughs> are, are, are we mad at who are we mad at what are we supposed to do here <laughs> are you pissed off that you have to go run like yes 300 yeah it's the worst um Last year, I, I loved, I loved it because we actually had to run out of there, out there four or five times. I was Tyler Clippard, and he was always just like, "You know how long I have to get ready to run?" <laughs> so we just been, like we look at each other, like, "Let's go!" Like <laughs> it's uh, so I, I got a little bit of that saltiness from him, but uh, but yeah, you gotta you gotta get that out there, especially in Philly. Like we're all running under the same stairwell, and it's funny one, especially when both bullpens don't know exactly what happens. You're like. Like, should we just do it here? Should we just rock, paper, scissors and say, guys, we got it? Like, don't worry. We will we'll handle it. Just best rock, paper, scissors, guys. And then we'll just we'll just shut it down. Um, oh, God. But, uh, evidently, some guys knew at that time, but I didn't. Well, you know, you used to be a starter. Did you ever get charged in the minor leagues? Did somebody come after you ever? No, no one charges me. Uh, uh, I actually recently had some guys on the team. We were they were just talking about like, who in our team would you be like most hesitant? And they pretty much threw me in the top two or three every single time. Like I wouldn't charge May. He's gigantic. I was like, I am pretty freaking big. And I do look like I'm angry all the time when I'm pitching. So I I could see, I could see how that, but I'm a big softy. I would, you know, I, I I would never instigate anything. I'm just so passive. There's no way, but uh, um, you know, I've I've seen red a few times in my life, but no, I've never been, uh, I've never been, I've never been charged. I've been jot at a couple times to where some guys had to come out of a dugout probably in my career, but nothing too crazy, nothing too crazy. So what happens like when that happens with Alvarado and Dom Smith, take us, you know, if you're the pitcher, somebody's yells, fuck you. Mm. Like what happens? I mean, it, it, you got to make a show of it. I, I, there's, there's a big thing. Like you can't just like take things like that's the, this is uh, an exception I take with a lot of people who are anti unwritten rules. First of all, there's not like three unwritten rules. There's like a thousand and, and a lot of them are built on just like, do we do this? No, logically doesn't make sense. Like for people who aren't around baseball, they don't really get it, but it's all always respect based built around like, you know, we're all playing the same game. This game's hard. Mm-hmm. And so um, there's lines that can be crossed. Uh, and then how you handle that thing has changed over time. Like that's just the general idea. Uh, and so, but when it comes to that stuff, like as a competitive, it's like 
if you played basketball or football, football is like they're drawn at each other all day. But like if you get lit up or your teammate gets lit up and and then you just let that guy be do say and do whatever he wants, um, that's not that's not competitive. Like that's not that's giving them a momentum advantage in our, our heads. Uh, and, and so uh, the respect that your opponent that, that, that your opponent can beat you in any given time is important. Uh, that they know that and that's kind of where it comes from i think that's the the baseline uh and and so when things start to get disrespectful like you know they're celebrating and then there's i always say it like this way if you're celebrating and you're celebrating with yourself and your your team and nothing is like pointed directly at a you and me personally have have a problem uh, uh then it's it's all fair game you can cartwheel around the bases as long as you're not pointing at me and dropping an F, yelling f you like you yeah. know what i mean uh, uh, and, and it's not just like, a that's the whole thing. Remember Joey Bats's bat flip, that whole thing was a, remember huge controversy. He didn't, he didn't directed it at the pitcher at all. Nope. He was just like, that's the biggest home run I've ever hit in my career. Right. Like, let's go. One of the big, by the way, one of the biggest in the country's yeah, history. It, yeah, exactly. And it, it's iconic. Um, and I have zero problem with it. And now we're looking at now there's like point, like if there's point and stuff, now you have an issue with pitchers like, bro, I just gave up a homer. That's like, you beat me. Like you, you won. You don't need to then take it to where now it's a person. I wanted to beat you for personal reasons. That's when it gets a line gets crossed. I think that, and people just like don't want to hear that. And it's just, I, I don't. It just makes it's just, it's just logical. It's just of course, you know, you don't need you don't need to like grind a person right. to the dirt. You can just say I beat you at the game we're both right. made to play. No piling um, on. I get it. I get yeah. it. Uh, so Dom Smith was asked about it after the game and i i have to admit i am a huge dom smith fan i have loved him ever since i first interviewed him i think he's such a good dude and he said it perfectly here i mean him pointing at me coming after me and stuff like that uh i mean i'm a grown-ass man you know come meet me then if you really got a problem and we could really handle it so that's how i look at that issue you know he waited for his team to grab him and stuff but you know i'm right there and he could meet me in the tunnel tomorrow if you really want to get after it you know I mean, yeah, uh, Dom's pretty laid back. I don't know if you could tell. Uh, he's, mm-hmm. he's pretty, he's chilling. And to be honest, and he told me, he was like, dude, I was a little surprised. Like, I I was like, is he yelling at me? Like, and then he's like, oh, I, yeah, I chirped like two weeks ago, I guess. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, it's like, I don't know. I'm, I'm thinking it's like a Michael Jordan situation. Remember the, 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 the freaking, uh, the last dance came out and everyone's like, oh, Mike used to just like hold grudges and no one knew about him but him. You know, sometimes competitors do that stuff uh, to get a little bit extra. Uh, uh, and it might have been a little bit of one of those situations. He just he felt slighted and he held on to it until he pitched against us again. And and we kind of like didn't hold on to it as much. And so then it became a thing. Um, and that's a lot of times what happens is like a little bit of frustration guys have for for maybe other stuff that's happening going on in the field. And then then they find a way to like get themselves out of it. It's like a very, very common thing in sport. So um but yeah, with with Dom just saying, hey, like, there's other ways we could have just kept this between us and not had to worry about the whole on the field thing. He, you know, he stayed out there and he walked a couple of steps towards him and, and said some words because, like, again, you don't just walk back to the dugout and like, okay, yeah, okay, like that's not, that's not, that does nothing for your team, especially where how that game was going, and we needed a little fire. He knew, uh, uh, and everyone else knew, and and so you have an you have like an obligation to 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 you know, go like, get a fine or whatever it takes, but, but you, you can't go into the dugout. 
All right, so you can't. is this over? Or I mean, you guys, I highly doubt it. I, we're the Mets and the Phillies, man. Is anything ever over? I mean, I'm sure we we still have some grudge from the '80s that we don't know about, but we're supposed to continue. So, uh, uh, you know, over is 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 relative. <laughs> well, said. I'm not holding my breath, um, but we're gonna we're gonna it's gonna be like a playoff game in time of play them. So, yeah. Well, um, I would fun, suggest though, this. that much. I would suggest this: bring your weighted blanket next time you guys meet. That thing is a weapon. Yeah, want to smother somebody? I got you. <laughs> and by the way, shameless uh, company plug. Meet me in the tunnel. Available on JohnBoyMedia.com. I love that. I just want to let you know. Why do you want? Ah. You want? You want one? I, of course, I want one. I want every single shirt ever well, made. And baseball is number one for making shirts. Yes. <laughs> for catchphrases, we get a shirt every three days. Pete Lonzo <laughs> is just like constantly. Hey, what's our next shirt? He gets one every series. We get a new one on our chair. So uh, I'm sure I'm sure Donnie's about to get on chair, but I'm sure we're going to get into that later. No, we're going to get into it right now. <laughs> okay. about Donnie Stevenson. So, you know, your offense has sucked the first month. And it, mm. this, I'm, this isn't me being mean. This is the guy, what the guys who are trying to hit the ball for a living are saying. They're like, mm. we haven't done our job. We would be mm. significantly better than a 500 club if we did our job. So Donnie Stevenson has made an appearance. Michael Conforto, help us out here. Donnie, Donnie's, yeah, Donnie's a new guy. He, uh, he, he made an appearance today at our hitters meeting and, uh, he's, he's, uh, he's all about the approach, you know, he's, he's a hitting approach guy. He's a, um, you know, he's a guy that, that just gets the boys fired up and ready to go. Um, so yeah, there's a new guy. Love it. I, I, I don't think he was expecting that question. <laughs> Where is Donnie staying on your floor or no? Uh, yeah, I'm wherever the suites are, I'm sure. Um, yeah, Donnie, Donnie's an integral part of this team. So, uh, you know, you might see appearances. I don't know. Uh, or we might be able to coax him to get out in front of a camera some at some point, but, uh, um, we'll have to see, we'll have to see how he's feeling. He's, he's, Bursts of energy type guy, you know, quiet, goes about his business and then bam, is in your face. So, uh, uh, yeah, we'll, uh, well, we'll have to wait and see. Alonzo seems to have taken to him the most so far. Is it fair to say that Pete and Donnie have become fast friends? Very quickly. Uh, there, there was no one more hype, hyped up by Donnie than, than, than Pete that day. So, uh, and to be honest, Pete, Pete's not, he's not tough to fire up, man. He's, he gets, He's got he he's all he's just looking for someone to give him like a little bit of energy to feed off, um, and then he'll just like amplify it straight into the crowd and straight into the field and straight into his teammates' faces. So, uh, uh, yeah, it, it was it, that was a great that was a great uh, combination of him and Donnie together. Good, I can't wait to see the t-shirts. They're going to be epic. They are going to be if, epic. Uh, just I want to throw this out there: if Donnie wants to make his first public appearance on the Chris Rose rotation, just tell him. There's an open chair for him. Okay. All right. I will. I'll let him know. It's it's really confusing because my cat's name is Donnie. So saying Donnie this many times, I get very, <laughs> very confused. <laughs> Forgot that your cat's name is Donnie. <laughs> Holy smokes. All right. The other side of the spectrum, unfortunately, is we're all laughing and chuckling about Donnie and his appearance is what's going on with Francisco Lindor, who got booed at home. He admitted that this was the first time in his big league career it happened. It never happened in Cleveland. Not because Indians fans are better than Mets fans, but just because 
he came up through the organization. He's the guy that helped us get to game seven of the World Series. He was Mr. Smile. He is everything you want in a professional athlete and then some. And now he gets traded to New York where there's no equity built up with the fan base. Now, before he's ever played a game, he gets $341 million and he stinks right now. He says that he stinks. Can you see a frustration building in him? Oh, I don't think he's so process oriented. Uh, that's one thing that like didn't surprise me one bit when I when I finally got to talk to him a little bit because I'm so process oriented. Um, but like we hit it off immediately, just like talking about all the things that we got to work on on a day to day basis and like like all the resources we had when we first came over in spring training and like what we would like to see and what we're missing, what we had and where we were and because we were come from a couple organizations that were very very in tune with like player health and and uh, uh rest and recovery and all kind of stuff um so no he he doesn't show frustration and he could have he's had a lot of opportunities he would tell you himself to to, to get a little bit uh, uh frustrated but he's really trying to focus on focus on the guys who are who are stepping up and getting the job done uh, every day um you know and and he knows that his time's going to be like he, he's going to be the guy that's in that in that chair a lot i'm um, moving forward but like you said he's just trying to build up some goodwill with his teammates and win some games because he knows that that will winning will always, you know, every all the uh, rising tide raises all ships, man. He knows he's going to get going. And, and, you know, I've seen him, I've seen him have some, some, some slow months and, and uh, the scouting report was distinctly different from when he was, when he was going good and when he was struggling a little bit. And so, um, you know, he's just, he's just searching. You, you can tell he's trying to, when he's hitting, he's trying to really take advantage of those mistakes he sees and hit some harder. The problem is he's just not, he's just not getting the barrel to it yet, but no, he, he's not. but he's, but I know that just by listening to him, I know that he's, he's happy with the progress he's making on the decisions he's making on the okay, swing. Good. It's just, it's just physically executing now. So I think he's, uh, I think he's close to breaking out, but again, he's been phenomenal defensively. He's a great leader and uh, he's focused on winning. So. Well, I'll tell you this. I don't care. Listen, I told you at the beginning that he is my favorite Indian of all time. And so I will continue to support him. No, in part, it, it, I know it's a great hat. It certainly helps that he's in the other league, you know, right? If he had stayed yeah. in the American League, it would be a little tougher pill to swallow for me personally, but it's not. So I am desperately rooting for him to turn this around. I am also curious. Uh, Stroman has faced him 20 times. You've faced him 17. That's the two most on the Mets roster. You just mentioned that the scouting report was different when he was going great as opposed to when he was sliding a little bit. Is there any assistance you could offer him? I mean, uh, uh, I think it's things he already knows, but uh, uh, basically what happens is where he, where he does like where he hits, where the pitches are located when he's doing damage would change a little bit. So you could tell he was looking for, for to, 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 to adjust to the way he's being pitched, but basically like things that were like, that lefties just in general got pitches down in the zone where you can get, get the barrel to it and maybe go right, right center or center with it or pull something hard. Um, um, is like all, all everybody. It's Jack McNeil. It's, it's like all of our lefties, Michael Conforto, all of them have kind of like that. Like that's the natural swing path. For those guys, so that they can catch a ball out, breaking balls. that don't quite get down to the back foot, that stuff like that. And he was one of those guys too, maybe not way down, but like middle, kind of de moving down he was he was really strong and then it kind of moved to up and away because that's where we, we were staying up and away and he was starting mm -hmm. to shoot that opposite way but he was doing less damage so we we're like okay he's hitting that now but he's not hitting homers there so let's keep doing it um 
And then as soon as he started just like fouling that off all day until you moved back in, kind of like Miguel Cabrera does that. He picks a pitch that he doesn't want to get beat on. He knows he can't hit hard and just fouls it off, fouls it off, fouls it off. So you try to do something else and he gets that one he wants and crushes it. Uh, Frankie gets there. And the, 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 the thing is, it's just that foul off situation to get the, the juice pitch. Um, he's just not getting to the juice pitch as as well um and nimmo and i talked about it recently because he's the same he's he was light lights out he's crushing the ball in the beginning he's like he goes i'm seeing the mistake i'm making the right decision on which pitch to swing at i'm just not executing it and and i think frankie's just had kind of a little bit of a weird we played 20 games in 30 days like weird like no continuity he's very process oriented so i think that now that we're our, our our off days are kind of more structured great weather in the future you know i think that uh, um it's just a, he's a couple like two for fours three for fours away and then it's just just like conforto did yep conforto is broken out in a big way and he had i believe four hits last night so um you know it's just a matter of time um, and when they're all going it's it's one of the scariest lineups i've ever seen in the meantime there's no stopping jacob Degrom. what is it like for you on a day where he takes the baseball uh, I love telling him the bullpen's closed. That's one of my favorite things in the whole planet. Um, I say this all the time, and and I love pitching. I love pitching in in in, in big spots. But any day I don't I don't pitch is a day that hopefully is is good for us. And when hit with him, it's so weird. It's it's weird having a having a baseball uh, an already baseball legend on your team um, in a way that like when he's going good. And everyone else is going good. The the difference is just like it's so much that it's almost daunting to even think about trying to live up to like playing at that level because he's so impressive. What makes um, him so good? He's he's I'm gonna I'm just he's just a freak. He's naturally he's six foot four, 180 pounds. He's like a human rubber band, and he the ball absolutely explodes. Like he is every every all those guys that were like, oh, that's a hundred. That's he's that as a starter. Every single pitch, every every reliever that were like, man, this guy's ball is exploding up his hand today. He's that for eight innings. You're facing a closer for eight innings. There's a reason he's he does the things that he does. Um, and James McCann said this to me, and it hurt my heart a little bit, but he's completely right. As relievers, we're like, we need to go out when we're coming in behind. If like I'm coming in right behind Jake. Jake and I have the same carry numbers. Our fastball looks the same. Mine's just minus five miles an hour. So he goes, he goes, Trevor, you have an elite forcing fastball. Like guys swing and miss your fastball team. But after Jake, it's average. So you have to like, you're just average after Jake. So you have to pitch differently. You got to do something that Jake can't do. And that's slow the ball lower, slower than 90 miles an hour. Because guys are like, no matter who, it could be a Raldis Chapman, right? A Raldis could come in directly after Jake and they could be like, they'll be like, we got Chapman. Like that's, that's the type of situation happening. And that if you've seen over the last three years of his career, like that's what happens. Everyone's they're excited to face whoever nasty guys come in and after. Um, so it's like, almost like we're like loop. You're, you're the guy after Jake because you're so different. And he's like, okay, like that, it, that's a real thing. And he's that good that we have to think about like, how do we keep that dugout continuously like kept down so that we, we finish this, the shutout out, out. Right. So um, but, but, but like trying to explain it, I'm like beyond trying to explain it. Like I, I couldn't, t- there's nothing in the weight room that I see. There's no like arm exercise he's doing. There's no like weighted ball thing that he, he's just found where he feels the best he could possibly feel. And he just repeats it over and over again. 
and he doesn't do anything extra that's going to get him out of that. That's all he cares about. Okay. So for a guy who knows how difficult this sport is, what is it like being around the best person on the planet at what he does? It's, it's impressive. He's just impresses me every single day. Everything he does, throwing, watching bullpens, swinging a bat, just like he's clutch with the bat too. Obviously when things are going good, things are going good. Right. Um, but it's, I've never had to, I've never been in a situation where I need to be like, no, he's just him. Like, I'm always like, oh, trying to grab stuff from guys. Like, I'm like, there's nothing I'm going to grab from Jim. I, I, I can't do, I have the fastball with the carry. I do that. I just can't throw as hard as him. So what am I going to get there? Um, I'm like, we throw completely different off-speed pitches. I'm trying to slow my stuff down as much as possible, create as much difference between my fastball and stuff. And he's just like stuff, just straight up movement. Like, this is 94. It's going to move six feet. You're dead, right? And, and that's not what I'm trying to do. But one thing we do have in common, we want to punch every single person out we see all the time, which I love that he's, he's always like, I don't want anyone to put the ball in play. I'm like me either. When I was a starter, that meant walks. Cause that was one way to guarantee no one would ever put it in play. Uh, Congratulations. So, so that's, and, and people are like, what do you, what have you learned? I'm like, I've learned that he's way better than me. That's it. And it, it's just, I'm sorry. I, I want to tell the, I want to sell the 12 year olds. Like, here's how you become Jake Grom. If you're not Jake, it's probably not going to happen. I'm sorry. Does he know how great he is right now? Yeah, he does. And he always, he'll, he'll every once in a while throw out like a, like a, like a, I call this normie comment, comment, but he'll be like, he'll be like, oh yeah, I get nervous before it starts. We're like, do you Jake? Do you like, <laughs> we, we know he's a human. He feels the same thing we do. Like, he's like, I really hope this one doesn't go bad. Like, you know what I mean? It just never does, but he. He has, he thinks the same things because he is a human being, right? Um, he has doubts, right? But, uh, uh, Hey, his doubts are that he, that the Mets won't score enough runs. Maybe, um, that, that whole thing is I, I've been trying to be like a, uh, uh, like a, like an economist and figure out like, okay, what are all the factors when he starts? Why is it different? And it's just like, again, he's this level and sometimes guys just like, okay, he's going to be the guy today like no matter what we do like we could score 10 runs Conforto could hit two homers go four for four and if jake throws eight shutout innings they're just gonna jake's gonna get talked about it they'll, they'll throw michael in there right no matter what so it's like one of those things like we have to do this because jake's pitching we got to take advantage and there it like becomes more more pressure i feel we feel in the pen we're like we can't blow jake's game and and the hitters like, we gotta score runs for jake right and in reality the game's the same it should be a huge advantage, but sometimes you like feel like you need to elevate yourself up to his level and you can't. So why? So it's, it, we, I can feel it changing a little bit, but it's really interesting. It's, mm -hmm. it's like, cause that's not, there's, there's nowhere else that that is. He's fascinating. He really is unbelievable. And he has made the game so much fun when he pitches. I'm sitting there watching for two reasons. I want to see if he can top what he does every time out. And I want to see if this ridiculous trend of the Mets not scoring runs continues because it's unbelievable that the guy is two and two with a point whatever, point five ERA. It is five one. <laughs> I, I think that he actually has more hits than any everyday ball player when he pitches. He's hitting over 500, so that makes sense. It's ridiculous. Well, I knew he was great when he told us 
on intentional talk, the, one of the first times we interviewed him, that he took Chris Sale deep in college when he was at Stetson. And uh, I think Sale might have gone to Florida Gulf Coast or one of those schools yeah, down there. You. And that's DeGrom's a lefty. Like, you forget he's a lefty hitter. And I was like, wait, you took Sale deep in college? He's like, yeah. I was like, woo, you yeah. do everything. Yeah. You can do everything. And he is that. He's like, yeah. You're like, Damn, so good. All right. Um, your owner, Steve Stephen Cohen, has been inviting players over for dinner, I read. So what did you have? I didn't know that. <laughs> I haven't been invited. Uh no. no, not yet. Hopefully, uh, hopefully soon. I mean, I'm sure it's I can't imagine. I don't know. Well, what so what is. do we think the cutoff is? I mean, obviously, DeGrom, mm. Lindor. Alonzo, like how far down the roster does he go before? Yeah, I'll just get, give him a little wave if I see him in the tunnel or something. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't know, I don't know if the bullpen is going to be on the list. Uh, it's just, it's just, and and that's no, that's no shade. Uh, let me be very clear. I'm not sh- throwing any shade there. Um, it's just that's the na- we we are we are the special teams of baseball. So no 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 you are more important than special teams you are the offensive line sir we're the O line D line no you're the offensive line because the defensive return line, team <laughs> no not at all are you kidding me we're the kickers we D- score stop you are well, the offensive line because without you we cannot win the game but we only notice when you get called for holding that's true the same with kickers you know you, no one cares as long as you're making field goals. But if you if you miss one, we'll see we'll see in the media yeah, room. Maybe I'll do. That. Um. Uh. We'll, yeah. We'll we'll see. Yeah. But you never notice unless you get called for holding. That's a good one too. So why don't we why don't we make some sort of I, I don't want to make it seem as though you're begging to go over to Stephen Cohen's, but wouldn't you like to go over to a guy who's worth fourteen point five billion or whatever? I just just to know. see how right. But yeah. Where do you where where do you live? Like right. is it an island? Yeah. You know? Well, I doubt he lives is on an a, island right is now. It a country. Unless he, Unless he bought all of Manhattan, which is possible, <laughs> by the way. Um, so maybe we make a plea here. Like maybe we can get this to the Met, to Mets ownership. And then I'm not going to turn it and make it into your homework assignment. But damn, it would be awesome if you could go have dinner at Steve Cohen's house. Steve, if you ask me, I will not say no. Go Mets. Yeah, I don't okay. know if that's going to get you out the uh, city field bullpen door. To be ah, honest, it's all done. Well, you know what? You got to do what you got to do. And uh, again, like I said, a pretty passive guy, pretty easy going. I hear you. You know, not would you do? Your, would you clean your own plates? Oh, absolutely. Are you a dishwasher? I've been, I've been trained. For, yes, okay. it is the bane of my existence, and I and I made it. It is has become my job. So it's one of those things to to keep you humble. You know what I mean? So what do you do? What do you do at home? Your wife's name is Katie, right? Kate. Kate. Yeah. I apologize. Kate. Um, I mean, do you have to clean the litter box? Do you have to clean? I am, I'm box? on litter box duty. Um, um, though she is when I'm on the road, she actually, it's so funny. She just texted me, asked me where the litter was. Uh, but so I do litter boxes and I, uh, do dishes cause she enjoys cooking and I would order out every meal in my entire life if I could. But okay. I'm that, and to be honest, there are times where I enjoy. I'm like, you know what? I'm just gonna cook tonight. I'm gonna enjoy myself. Um, not a not a generally great cook, but um, we can do simple stuff. But she's like, I'm gonna cook. Will you do the dishes? So if she cooks, I'll do the dishes. Um, I love when I cook, so I can just look at her and be like, <laughs> there's dishes everywhere. Have fun. 
Um, even though dishes is by far the easier job. Totally but, easier. It's not yeah, even it's close. Just, For just, me, it's I don't therapeutic. Know, wet food just it's not my not my jam. It is a little bit therapeutic though. Throw your headphones and listen to a book um before your bed. Um so yeah, but dishes are mine. Uh, um kitty litter's mine, taking out the garbages and putting them out by the on the side of the road. Those are mine. I gotta keep gotta stay on those. We have a we have an app where we have a shared to-do list, and those are the ones I'm assigned. You have We're an app? Organized. We're a very oh organized family. God, are you kidding me? Yeah. It's called Todoist. It's changed my life. Changed my life, Chris. You should check it out. Really? Do you feel what does it make you feel at the end of the day? Just more organized, feel like you accomplished something? Because I don't know, man. I don't know if I could do another list. Everything I'm a list guy, though. Everything, everything you check off, if you check off all the boxes, nothing better. Nothing better. And and we we've set lines like if anything's left on there in, at set that doesn't need to be like turned in that day or like sent, an email sent or something mm-hmm. uh, by 7 p.m. It's, it's it's next it's next day's problem. We just shut it down. Wow. Um, she 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 no longer has her 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 day job and she helps me do a lot of my off the field things now. So mm-hmm. we we have very interesting. We're we're finding like that sweet spot where okay this time's hit. We're not talking about it anymore. Let's just watch our netflix does, show does it cause any arguments not yet it's only been a few weeks we've only oh, had okay. our we're just we've only had our two main main meetings where we broke down everything for a week and uh, we're just now getting the swing of things but i think we'll be all right okay i want to let everybody know that this episode is sponsored by blue chew now we all have to admit it's been a hell of the last 12 to 14 months out there everybody's feeling a little down in the dumps it's been really strange out there Well, guess what, guys? It's time to snap back into action, especially in the bedroom. So let's do that with Blue Chew. It's a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, but they're a chewable form and they're delivered right to your door. Now, Blue Chew tablets, they help men with all forms of ED out there. And as I said, it is an online prescription service. So that means you don't have to go into the doctor don't have to have those embarrassing conversations, no awkward waiting in line at the pharmacy. It is delivered right to your door. Now, Blue Chew's licensed medical providers will actually work with you to find the perfect ingredients for you. And one other thing I love about this, it's chewable. I'm not going to blame my parents here, but I never learned how to swallow pills as a kid. So here I am, a 50-year-old man, and I'm like, I'm chewing medicine all the time. That's perfect because this thing is called Blue Chew. So it's going to work great for you. So if you need that benefit and that little jolt of confidence in your life, visit bluechew.com and also use the promo code ROSE at checkout. You'll just pay $5 for shipping. That is bluechew.com, promo code ROSE to receive your first month free. And we thank Blue Chew for sponsoring the podcast as well. I do want to get into one of your areas of expertise. Did you see the Jesus Lazardo story? Yes. Okay, so for those people that aren't familiar with it, here is uh, manager Bob Melvin uh, with Jesus Lazardo. So before the game, he was playing a video game and accidentally bumped his hand on the desk as he was playing the game. He came in, was a little bit sore. Training staff checked him out. We threw him in the cage before he went out there. Watched him warmed up. He was comfortable pitching. Training staff was comfortable with him pitching. After the game, we got an x-ray, and there was a hairline in the pinky finger. He seems so happy. <laughs> just read it. Just read it off the paper. Just 
read the stupid thing I have to say. Okay. What do you think happened? Okay. First of all, before I answer that, we need to, we got to lie, man. We got to stop attaching injuries to, to video games because I understand he probably <laughs> slammed. He probably slammed a desk. I know for a fact that Jesus plays with the controller, which if you can avoid it, guys, controllers are actually horrible for your hands and for ergonomics and for everything. Like, like when, when Zumaya did the thing with the getting his hand in this Zumaya, right? Right. Yeah. And, 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 uh, David price is playing with the controller. No one on mouse and keyboard, no one using their mouse to aim has ever come up with an injury yet to this point. I've been doing this for years and I've never even sore. So I, just switch. Uh, but what happened was something happened. He had the controller and he probably just like, like, come on, like, you know, really quickly hit, hit, hit his desk and just hit it wrong. Cause you know how the hands are and you can just accordion right. your, your joints there, which is probably what happened. And then you, you also have the video of him talking about it in the dugout. Correct. And he yeah. shows like how he, how he just, he like jammed it up against the, yeah, here it is jammed it up against the, uh, the desk. Yeah. Like that. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, he probably just died or something and, uh, in call of duty and just gave it like a jam. It was like, Oh, I did not feel good. Um, and Has here that we ever are happened now, to you. That is throwing. I throw stuff. Oh, that's my, that's my, uh, I'll just like throw, find the bed and just chuck something into a, a pillow. But again, or not like full, even arm, more like overhead or I think medicine ball slams. Right. Um, but to be honest, I'm so like business-like about playing video games now that like, I can't be bothered to even get ragey. I used to rage rage. I used to have some frustration issues, but, uh, now it's it's more okay, so wait hold annoying. on here i want to get to that was this while you were married like would your wife be like what the heck why, why are you yeah. screaming she'd be on call me uh uh like calls for work and be like you know trevor <laughs> he's just streaming <laughs> he's just putting on a show and i'm like come on come on you can hear me in the other room so like there was times where i had to be like she'd be i'm she was poking in, i'm on a meeting for the next hour i'm like okay i'll try to be quiet and then i'd forget five minutes later just start well, screaming again that's the sort of stuff that would drive me nuts with my two sons right yeah. Like the older one really had a temper for a while yeah. playing video games. And I would go in there like I'd be trying to sleep. It's like 11 o'clock at night. Yeah, and I would tough. walk in there and I said, Josh, I'm going to rip that shit out of the wall. <laughs> if you do not tone it down. I said, it's fine that you're playing with your friends, but fucking stop it. Yeah. Your mom and I are trying to sleep. I got to work in the morning. I mean, now the good news is I don't really have to work in the morning so he can stay up all night. But that's a different issue. And I was like, just have some goddamn respect for us, please. Yeah. Yeah. When I, when my kids are playing games, where our game room is going to be literally as far away from any sort of sleeping situation as humanly possible. I have so much experience in that. My dad was a, was shift worker, like four, four, four days, four nights, four days off, four night days. So like he would be asleep in the middle of the day all the time. We did not live in a big house and just walking up the stairs, you like, stop walking up the stairs. I'm like, I gotta go upstairs because <laughs> I was just so big and just lumbering up the stairs. Uh, uh, but I could not play video games in my house with my dad, and he's the same way. He's 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 got he's a little, he was easily frustrated when he was young, too. So, like, you know, I think we might have a little bit of family ADD running, uh, but okay. you know, he I got it from him, and then I just I, I'm a light sleeper, and guys wake me up, I lose it, lose it. Miners, the miners were not fun for me <laughs> i'm so god good luck with that all right let's hit some uh quick hitters here cool. 
Mike Trout just completed the best month of his already future Hall of Fame career. What do, you haven't faced him a lot. I think 0 for 2, a couple of walks. What do you most appreciate about Mike Trout? I, I just, he's like Jake, man. He just does it. And there's no like, there's no like throwing in your face. There's no, there's no, I, he just does it so quietly. And what I appreciate, he's very much about, uh, in the words of Marshawn Lynch, he's about that action boss. So, uh, um, and that's, and that's not to say that, that, the other way he's taking care of his that. chickens too. Trev? He's taking care of his chickens. Um, he's getting them more than he's getting got though. So, uh, he's it, just, he's, he's impressive. He knows he is here and everyone else is here. Um, and he doesn't, he doesn't like lord that over anybody. He just goes out and does his job and tries to get his team to win. And, um, but my God, I, I don't, he's just like, I, he had an ex-teammate. I cannot remember who it was. He was with the twins for, for like one spring training. And he told us that one day he asked Mike, cause they were good friends. He's like, bro, how, like, how do you do it? And he goes, every level I was told that the game, that how you adjust is game speeds up. And then you make adjustments. He goes in my, since I've been a professional, the game has never sped up. That's what he said. He goes, it just, so it's badass. just, it's just slower for me. And that I don't is- know. I just never had that experience. I never, str- he's like, I just never struggled in any real way to where I was overwhelmed. Amazing. And, and I'm like, ah, okay, that's you. There's no, no so one else can do that. One day, if you have kids and they're, they're asking you when they're 15, like, who was it that you really love, like that you played against that you want to tell us about? He's going to be the first name out of your mouth. hundred percent. going to be it's not even close. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Him, him and Byron Buxton. He's putting it together. Finally. Yes. Good for him. You can buy stock or Bitcoin or whatever you want in either Ronald Acuna or Fernando Tatis Jr., but not both. Who are you investing Oof. in? I'm going to say Fernando Tatis for two reasons. So first off, he's a shortstop. And shortstops are just, from the moment you're, you're old enough to play shortstop, it's just you assume your shortstop is your best player all the way through. He's the most athletic. He's the captain. And Derek Jeter, Derek Jeter went and just solidified kind of that role for shortstops. Frank Lindor is probably the leader on our team now. Um, and, and kind of the pilot of the defense. And so that there's a lot to do with that. And with a team being successful, if your shortstop's really good, your team's generally pretty good. So I'll go with that. And then two, just in terms of like how the kid is marketing and not that Acuna isn't marketing himself, but it's in a little bit of a different way. Fernando's hitting. He is fully taking advantage of where he's at in his life and his career and the opportunities that he has. And from a off the field standpoint, in my mind, I love when guys, because I'm, I'm, I'm very invested in the future of the base game of baseball. I'm very invested in, in, uh, in the entertainment value. And he is, giving everyone everything they want and he is leaning into it in a really really good way because i don't think he is above uh, up over the top i don't think he's picking choosing his spots to like put a little flavor and stuff it's not like all the time right and that's for to me my sensibilities i'm like i just i just love he's just you just love watching him play the words of trevor ploof fellow john 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 boy media member he just i just love watching him play 
He's just fun True. to watch play. He is Not fun the, to watch. Acuna isn't. Now Acuna's in my division too, so I just can't like can't say that fully. He's really for, good though, man. God, they're they're both very. They're both going to be really good players for a very yep. long time. Yeah. Okay. I want your opinion on the extra inning rule as a reliever. Oh, it sucks. Oh God, I knew we were going to disagree on this. Okay, I'm so a- hey, let me uh, go give you some context. I always do. Um, it's great for speeding up the game. Yeah, uh, it does save a lot of arms long term. Mm-hmm. No one's going up having to pitch, you know, the twelfth, thirteenth, fourteenth, fifteenth, and sixteenth, yep. and they get sent down the next day. Not even though they threw really well. Um, that's going to be minimized, so guys are going to get more opportunities to be in the big leagues. That's huge for me. I love that. I'm glad that that they, they get that. But anytime there's just a guy like just they're like, hey. You can make your job just like harder, you know, for the sake of baseball. And, uh, you know, whenever we're getting the chance, we're like, eh, how can we, how can we improve the game? Ah, let's just make the relievers do something. So that's kind of what we're doing. <laughs> and, and, and I'm, I'm one of those guys. You got to fight, you got to fight for your boys and guys, they're just going to keep doing, they're going to keep dunking on us. And we're just going to have to keep wearing it just like our whole careers are and our whole lives are. And, uh, uh, you know, just wear it. If you don't like it, play better, be a starter. That's <laughs> too- <laughs> We're all failed starters, and this is what happens. You have to do. You have to deal with more, more, more bullshit. And so, uh, having a guy in second is so dumb. But it's the way the game is now. And I bet I don't be surprised at all if it never goes away. It's there forever. I would agree with you. And can I tell you why I like it? Sure. Because it's like an anti bet in poker. It yeah. forces the action, and to me, action. it's where we see the most strategy in a game. Yeah. Because if you're on the road, okay, I'm not going to bunt the guy over because I just can't afford to. I don't want to give up an out here. Or do I? Maybe this is the first time. I'm not a huge bunting guy, but I think that in that particular situation, runner on second, nobody out, it it might call for it. And then if, you know, I love it when in the 10th inning, neither team scores. I'm like, how did neither team score? You both had a guy at second base and particularly the the home team. Right. And to me, like that is such a check mark on a reliever who comes in, runner on second, nobody out, and you wiggled out of that. Damn, that's impressive. Yeah. Like I appreciate it so much more. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we we've we'd be like, okay, we don't like it, but what's the what's the alternative? And like we've thrown out like put a guy, put a guy on first, make him have to steal a base mm. or something. Or okay. or so that two sack flies can't score the run. Like that's that's the okay. Like you're like you give up a you know, a, a semi shallow fly into right field. The guy in seconds, like, you know, Acuna and your right, right fielder comes running in and catches it and on the run and Acuna still gets the third. You're just like, like, what am I? They, so whoever has gore now, I believe it's the Braves. Uh, <laughs> um, they just put him on second in the 10th. And you're like, this guy's going to steal home. Like what, what am I supposed to do? I can't keep him from going to third. There's nothing I can do. I could sit right. here and just pause and look at him. He'll still do it. So uh, that's frustrating when like, when like the advantage is so much in that side, but it, it's rarely there. Like, you know, I had McCutcheon earlier and he runs, he still runs pretty good, right? He's, he's going to score on a normal single. So I'm in my head. I'm like, who are we kidding? Every single time I go out there, I'm trying to strike everyone else. So God, second, I, 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 I like to lie about it a little bit. I hate it, but I just I relish that situation. I got to leave that guy here. I'm just going to punch three guys out so no one moves, and that's one way to do it. Um, that's my favorite way because that way nothing can go wrong. Um, but like, honestly, putting a guy on first. It, but I, I hear you with the guy putting a guy on second. That tension, that like, oh, it's just immediate, right? right? 
and, and it's fun to watch from the first pitch guy in first it would be like okay we got something going but we're not quite there yet um so i that's probably the way it needs to be yeah listen i understand it and i'm i'm even okay with like playing an extra inning like the 10th inning regular and then going to yeah and then going to 11th it's like i i still think it's a work in progress but i don't hate it the way that a lot of people are so venomous particularly on social i, media I think you might it. be on right there i think that maybe just the 10th doing one because that's mm-hmm. when you got the closer and the Right. Still, and then when you start to get in the guys who need to eat innings or whatever, mm-hmm. like the guys who aren't necessarily high leverage guys, it, mm-hmm. it'd be really interesting to start seeing them totally. get opportunities there too. As a reliever, yep. I love that. Okay, two other quick things. Um, did you see your old teammate, Willing Ostadio, pitch the walking meme? Yep, uh huh, I did. Agree. And what did, what did we think? The fact that he was out there trying to slow the ball down as much as humanly possible, loved it. I mean, it wasn't close to as cool as watching Rizzo pitch for Freddie, but it was it was pretty cool. Um, I mean, he's just gonna he doesn't care, man. He's just he's having a blast. He's like, I'll hit, I'll play third, I'll play left, I'll play, I'll catch, I'll play for I, whatever. I'll do whatever you want me to do, and I'll act like I'm not happy about it, but I'm secretly just love my persona. I love that everyone loves me. Uh, last one. I'm not sure if you saw this, uh, but with the Blue Jays playing down in Florida, there was a kid wearing a Bo Bichette jersey in center field who actually caught a Bo Bichette home run while videoing it while recording. Is that That's unbelievable? Did that ricochet into his glove? Like did he get it off the hop? I, I, I don't I know. Tell. It's hard to tell, but I think he, or he might've just turned the camera like, yeah. as he was trying to catch. He wasn't like tracking the ball. Uh, that's yeah. probably what it was. Yeah. Um, that's dude, a couple of crazy things happened. Bob didn't he hit a home run. Like, in front of the bar where his mom met his dad or something yes, too exactly earlier. in boston in Bo- it was like uh it was either a bar or a gym it might have been or a gym, gym or something yeah. where they yeah where they met that's that's crazy like uh, he's i guess bob shets he's he's living a little bit of a uh magic life too like yeah. a lot of like like joe mauer style like mm. like events are happening to him like when he had twins for his first children like right what of course <laughs> like of course he did Storybook, storybook lives. That's pretty cool. That's pretty awesome. Good for that so kid. My my question is, as a, you know, I know that you grew up a few hours from Seattle, but did you ever catch either a foul ball or a home run or anything as a kid? Did you ever come close? I never did. Um, get I I got, I think I ran down a home run. I never caught one. Um, I ran down a homer and it might've been, honestly, I don't think it even was a big league game. I think it might've been a Tacoma Rainiers game. We went to a few of those too. Hmm. Um, and Cheney. And, uh, but we only, we have one foul ball as a family. I was there, but I was in the bathroom when this happened. And I guess where it was. My dad caught a foul ball in Shea stadium. No. Yeah. Who hit it? I have no idea. Oh, come on. I, I, I wasn't, he didn't even tell me. He's like, Hey, I got a, I got a foul. He had a foul ball and a t-shirt. He got one of the t-shirts out of the t-shirt cannon okay. and the foul ball in the inning or like in, it was, it was, I was just went to get concessions with my mom. So he's like, Oh, I'm good. I'll just stay here. And we were some family friends too. So there was a big group of us, probably eight of us. And uh, I just came back and he had a t-shirt and a foul ball for me. I was amazing. Yeah. Was, that was it's a hell of a piss break, by the way. Yeah. That was like July of 2001. What were you doing on the East coast? My uh, my sister went to University of Delaware, so we went out and visited her, and then did like a tour of a bunch of ballparks. So we went to Fenway. We went to uh, uh, we didn't go to Yankee Stadium because those tickets were super expensive. So we went to uh, uh, Shea, and we went to Baltimore. It's funny. I wore and so we worked our way down. We went to New York City, down, and then I wore my Mets hat to the Baltimore game 
just because I had a Mets hat on. Like I didn't even have a, I wasn't wearing Mariner stuff. Like that didn't make right. any sense. And the or the Oriole, I was waiting for trying to get autographs, and the Oriole took my hat off and threw it into the stands. <laughs> I'm like 11, and I'm wearing a Mets hat, and you're the Orioles. Who cares? You don't hate the Mets, right? You well, never still pissed off about 69. I guess. I, I was like, I didn't even get it. I was like, that was really embarrassing. I'll never forget that. Getting, having the Oriole take my hat off. And he, he didn't like toss it. He like just threw it into a bunch of empty seats. Like I'm, like, I'm like, what? That was really mean to do to an 11 year old. Joking around and like acting like you're going to throw it. Yeah. But like actually yucking it to somebody else, some random person I got to go get it from. That is hilarious. Was this yeah. the, the sister that, Almost became Mrs. Ben Davis. No, this that was the that's the older sister. This is this is the younger sister. Okay, she was she was a softball player. Um, right. she was there with Joe Flacco, the pride oh, of great. the pride of University of Delaware. Very good. That's a good one. Yeah. By the way, what'd your sister think of you telling that story on here? Did she? I mean, out? I don't even think she knows yet. Okay, but oh. hey, she's she's got, she don't 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 get it you know twisted up she she's probably pretty pre- she's she'll uh her current her, her current i want to say her current husband uh her husband yes richard uh, uh she'll just be like yeah i could have had a professional baseball player and i chose you and he, he's english and he doesn't even understand so it's funny we make fun of him a lot it's fine <laughs> so i almost i have ne- i'm 50 years old i've been to gazillion games as a fan and i have never caught a foul ball nor a home run i have come this close twice Really? Once I was at Andrew Reel's first grade birthday party, sitting in between home and first, old Cleveland Municipal Stadium, Paul Molitor pops one up, and the guy in front of me snags it. And he put it in like one of those fake plastic helmets back in the day, and he kept it under his seat the whole time, and I kept staring at it. I was like, do you think he'll notice if I steal it? And we leave early, maybe? So I just missed out on that Hall of Famer. The other one was Cal Ripken Jr. Hit a rocket shot. I was with my boys in left center field. I'm a teenager. And old Cleveland used to have these small auxiliary scoreboards. Because remember, it was was for the Cleveland Browns and the Indians. These crappy little scoreboards. And there was so much space in between the fence and where the fans could sit in some places. So he hit a rocket shot. I run over and I get my hands in position. It one hops. It comes up and it hits the auxiliary scoreboard right in front. This little old man comes waddling over. He's probably 60, picks up the ball. It's like, can I have the ball? He's like, you see up there? And he points to the press box. He goes, my boss is watching me, and it's going to cost me $8 out of my pocket if I give you the ball. I was like, here's a 20, dude. I just want the freaking ball from Cal Ripken Jr. He's like, sorry, I have to turn it in. And he waddled away. Turn it in? Yeah. Yeah. Well, the Indians sucked back then, so they're probably going to use it for BP the next day. (laughs) Yeah, probably. You jerk. Unbelievable. All right, let's spin the wheel of moderately interesting things. Let's see how we do. We've got uh, get up here, e-tail, paper trail, double play, and job fair. I don't know what that thing is. Don't know what any of those things mean. Let's find out. Let's find out. Put yourself in the face. There we go. Oh God, that was unreal. Paper trail. When you got your first big time check, whether that was a signing bonus or when you got decent cash. What was the first thing you bought? Turntables. That was my big league purchase. I always tell someone to do do that. Every rookie, I'm like, hey, have you gotten your first check yet? Buy something frivolous now. I don't care if it's <laughs> 200 bucks. Like, right, go 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 buy a new PS5 or something. Just buy something. And huh. be like, yo, I'm in the big leagues. I can just buy things. When, just don't do it all the time. Just do it once. 
And uh, I said, hey, I'll wait till the end of the year because they, they were, it wasn't like 200 bucks. Like these turntables were like 6,000 bucks. So, but I was like, Jesus. The beauty is I bought them seven years ago. They're still worth 6,000 bucks. So they hold their value really well. Yeah, so oh, they really? Great. So it's not like a car when you drive it off the lot, it's already no. depreciating? No, no. There's they, the People buy these things used constantly. So they, they hold their value really, really well. Um, especially the longer you hold, you keep them. Anyway, uh, so I was like, I'm buying the, the industry standard, what they have in every club so that I can train at home. And I just got to bring a thumb drive when I go play out. And of course I stopped DJing like literally two months after that. But uh, I'll never forget the day they arrived, huge boxes, like so heavy. This is probably 90 to 100 pounds worth of stuff. And I'm just like, oh my God. And uh, uh, I told my my then girlfriend, now wife, hey, that door's closed. Don't even touch it because I'm not doing anything you want me to do. We're, I'm playing with these all day. And it was, it was, I, I'm going to be honest. I lived it up. I, I enjoyed every single moment, set up, figure it out, get it going. Uh, uh, and I played with those for, for weeks, for hours and hours and hours and hours and hours. And hours. What a great toy. Yeah. And it actually takes us to our homework assignment, which was, what was your DJ name back in the day? It was DJ Haybeef at the, at the beginning. We have sent, we have, we have murdered that name. Uh, that name is no longer, and now it's Trevor May, and I'm just keeping it there, and uh, I'm sticking to it. All right. So you had to get us a picture and some video. So let's uh, let's check out the video of you as DJ Haybeef. This, Hay is, at, this is at Reading, by the way. Show the crowd. <laughs> oh my god! So there they are. So this is while you're pitching in what double A or something? That's in double A. That's in Reading, Pennsylvania, in 2012. They even paid me. No, they didn't. Yeah, they, I, but I, it felt like I was doing a high school dance. Like it was. Dude, look at you! You've got this like little baby face. You're you are like living 20, up baby. Twenty two. Twenty two years old. You had uh, there's Adam Briscoe. He's he's famous in Reading. The Briscoe Disco, that's what they do after every win. He's still there doing it. <laughs> um, but someone's uh one of our uh one of our one of our guys that covered the team just got this video and it's 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 on the internet for perpetuity. Um we did have that, yeah, we had the cool picture. That's that's actually like a that's a professional photo from a professional DJ photographer, and I was opening for a big a big uh I mean, I wouldn't say big, but uh I, I was opening for somebody at a club, and that was that was the other one I got. Cool Are thing you is retired? We, I just came out of retirement. I was going to make oh. an announcement here. Uh, we ordered a brand new set of turntables for the Mets clubhouse. And uh, I will be doing some pregame stuff. Unfortunately, their postgame parties are going to be tough because I'm in the bullpen. So I either, either pitch and I'm there. Or if I don't pitch, I got to walk down from the pen. So I'll be like 10 minutes later than everybody else. And so it, like that'll just kill the vibe. So Marcus Stroman's going to take over uh do the to get us going so we're working on getting the smoke machines i we did this in 2015 with the twins uh when i was a starter still and then when i got a reliever kind of died like I, for, for the reason i just said but i got a new set i literally he goes i posted a picture that picture and i said hey i was a dj i posted on twitter and strom was like what what are you doing what why are we not doing this in the clubhouse i'm like i'm like just say the word dude and i'll buy some i'll just i'll just buy some new ones he's like Let's do it. So just Amazon, boom, it's gonna be in the clubhouse when we get back from this road road trip. Uh, we'll get pictures and video and show you guys all what the setup looks like. Please that. do. Yeah. That is, but it sounds like a competition between you and Stro. 
Stroh's 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 been around. He's 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 dabbled in making beats and 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 he said he hasn't DJed much really at all. But he's like, I would love to learn some really like simple like you know mixing techniques so that we can get some playlists going. And he goes, I'm like, dude, I want tons of country. I want I want I want I want us trying to put crazy weird stuff together uh, and have fun with it. And, and because we got a little we got a little downtime now that pitchers don't shag BP. So, um, but exciting we got a lot of different music tastes and we somehow sometimes get into a genre and then they don't get out of it for hours so maybe if someone's controlling it like thinking flow and having a little fun with it um that that we'll be able to uh to mix it up a little bit we need to we that's need gonna to be awesome only so Good much bad bunny you can take <laughs> this is gonna be great i love it uh so we'll have that video next time you're on. And in addition, your homework assignment, I noticed that you have okay. a couple of off days next week. And my sure. guess is that Mr. May might be streaming a bit. Yep. I, I've seen you play uh, MLB The Show. I am curious, are you able to make Trevor May face Trevor May? Fake me. Or, or you mean, if I played, but if I made me bat, like, like Mets yes. versus Mets, yeah. yeah, I could do that. Ooh, I want to see how that goes. I don't even know what my batting stats are. I bet you they are horrible. Jake's well, I, are pretty good. Jake's actually like a, he's just like a, he's a below average hitter, mm -hmm. right? But like, they actually like put some thought into it. Every, all, all the other ones are like nine, 12, you know, like six speed, like whatever. It's funny though. Uh, I am like 15 speed points faster than Nelly Cruz, which is hilarious to me. <laughs> which isn't true he's faster than me i want to see if you can i really want to see if you can you know take him Good. deep yeah okay. I'm, i i will i will replay it over and over again until something good happens I, it'll it, put it on easy i don't know if there's a t mode yeah we'll, we'll try and you can record all this right on, oh yeah we'll start off the stream with it we'll start off the stream with it we'll, we'll get some live footage for it and then i'll even I shout it out shout out the, shout out the show that's awesome. Let's go. Did you get your rota Rose Rotation shirt yet? Are you one of the three that actually turned in your address? No. No. Oh. Oh, Is there a DM me. somewhere? Was this a right. text message? It might have been. Might have been on your Instagram DM. Oh, well, if it's an Instagram DM, those got... Those haven't been looked at since uh, opening day, so <laughs> that could be it. Listen, man, it was great catching up with you. I do greatly appreciate you being an early riser there in St. Louis. I know it was not easy. And uh, gosh, this is good stuff, man. Fun. Made me laugh. Oh, as Made always. Cry a little bit. Wow. Always fun. So um, continued health, good health, continued success. You've been killing it. I don't want to say too much. Just keep doing your thing. It's been fun watching Trevor May get out there. I will. Thank you. And a big shout out to our DJ, our mix master general, Robbie Shirocco, always putting it together. Way to go, Robbie. We will see Great you job, next Robbie. time on the Chris Rose Rotation, a presentation of John Boy Media.